0: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, like us on Facebook, where we post all of our podcasts, and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. We are all about coaching today with the Packers and their head coaching search. All the latest, and we're going to break it down, what, what the trends might be. And just walk through again some of the, the context here because... I know the process can be confusing, and there's a lot going on right now, a lot that's being reported, a lot that's out there, so we're going to comb through it all and try and make sense of what's going on. It is our first podcast of 2019, officially, I hope uh, that you did not have too much champagne like I did, and that you are uh, you know feeling, feeling good, starting your year off right, new year, new you, right? Probably not, but maybe, could be. I'm rooting for you. I really am. So here's what we know right now, or at least what has been reported. Jim Caldwell and Chuck Pagano have been interviewed. The Packers have interviews set with Josh McDaniels on Friday. You assume they're also going to meet with Brian Flores for the Patriots linebackers coach, their de facto defensive coordinator, uh, also on Friday when they're in town. Then they have to go to New Orleans to interview Dan Campbell, the tight ends coach who is also a name on the radar of a number of other head coaches. I don't view him as a top-tier candidate. I think he is he is someone that is impressive to a lot of people around the league for the job that he did taking over for Joe Philbin, coincidentally. In Miami, as the interim head coach, they won the game. He was able to, to really get those guys motivated to play in a way that they hadn't been under Philbin. And that team was, was really a mess. And then you add in his proximity to Sean Payton, and the saints and everything going on there, I think the, the reasons to find him appealing in some way or another, uh, they're 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 obvious though. I don't find them particularly compelling. And then in terms of the the guys that have been requested, that that we haven't discussed uh, already, Pat Fitzgerald, uh, the intention is even though he said go cats that this is his forever job after they won uh, their bowl game. That doesn't mean that that Green Bay is done at least talking to him, finding out what it would take. I find it hard to believe with the kind of person that Pat Fitzgerald is, his connection with his alma mater, that he would say, I'm here forever and then pull a Bobby Petrino and dip a week or two later. I find that extremely hard to believe. But I think Mark Murphy and, and Brian Gudekins obviously feel like uh, he is a quality enough coach to go and and make their run here. Uh, also reported, Mike Munchak, the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line coach, the former Titans head coach, uh, he was the guy that wanted to play exotic smash mouth. He is a very well-respected uh, line coach in particular, but just a very well-respected coach around the league. And though I don't think he would be a good fit at all for Green Bay, uh, he's going to get a chance to to get another head coaching job in the league. There are enough teams out there uh, almost a quarter of the league needs a new head coach. And Green Bay and Cleveland are are clearly the most appealing options. You add in New York right there. They've got a, a young quarterback that, that a lot of people really like and a lot of cap space. So there is room to improve there for sure. And I think the Arizona job uh, with Josh Rosen, usually you don't have this many opportunities for head coaches to go somewhere where a quarterback is in place. Usually... You know, the the old NFL adage is a a good quarterback never gets a head coach fired. Well, that's not true. And part of that is you had three three of these guys are rookies. But the Packers are going to be at the top of the list in terms of the the most desirable locations for coaches to go. They don't have to pick Mike Munchak because he is going to be, you know, fifth or sixth on the list, really. The other uh, coach they've reportedly requested an interview with is Matt LaFleur, the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. And this is something that we've discussed on this show in the past. Is he good or has he coached and worked with people who are good? We know Kyle Shanahan, who Matt LaFleur worked with in the past is a really good coach, offensive coach, especially we know Sean McVay is a really good coach, a really smart offensive coach. Matt LaFleur has worked with Sean McVay, but does that mean he's good? We don't know. We only have one year in Tennessee to look at it. They lost their most reliable receiver this year. Uh, they were going through some some changes uh, with their personnel, some new players coming in and, and being integrated. Marcus Mariota is hurt a lot of the year, dealing with nerve issues and and myriad injuries. So what do we really know about Matt LaFleur? Well, we, we know that he's worked for smart people. That's about it. And so when you when you're looking at this list... And you exclude Lincoln Riley because he's out now. He just signed an extension with Oklahoma, so he is off the board. Now, having a job and just getting a new contract is not a non-starter for teams. There, there are reports that both the Jets and the Cardinals are still going to interview Cliff Kingsbury, who is the offensive coordinator at USC at the moment. And they could still hire him. They could still sign him. Uh, You assume the buyout for an offensive coordinator, even at a big school like USC, isn't huge. He may have an opt-out. We don't know the language of that contract. So that's not going to rule him out entirely. Uh, But Matt Campbell has also declined the Jets offer. It seems like he's going to try and stay in college. And with Pat Fitzgerald apparently opting out, the pool is shrinking a little bit. And I think that really narrows in for us as observers of all of this, because we're not in the room, it really allows us to see that there is a clear delineation between the, the coaches that they really like and the coaches who are, you know, more more about doing your due diligence. You have to interview Matt LaFleur be, just because of the pedigree. And I think, you know, you look at guys like Caldwell, Pagano, Munchak, these are respected, legitimate head coaching candidates, if for no other reason than they've been head coaches recently. And and in the case of Caldwell and Picano, had success as head coaches to varying degrees. So, uh, you know, but the reality is Josh McDaniels is the best candidate. And it is interesting, I think, that really only the Packers and then to a lesser degree, the Bengals have shown interest in McDaniels. It's not because the, the rest of the league knows something Green Bay doesn't. Remember, a month ago, there was the report from Charles Robinson at Yahoo that there were already coaches thinking and angling to join McDaniel's staff in Green Bay. This was, you know, within a week, two weeks of Mike McCarthy being fired. And this was already sort of out there that, that this was a potential for him it was reported that McDaniels was only going to do limited interviews, which is to say he was only going to interview for a job he would really be interested in. So that has to make the fact that he's going to take an interview, that it's scheduled and it's going to happen. In fact, by the time you listen to the next show, because our next show is Friday, it, it is possible that the Packers have already met with him. That is a signal that this is a job he would potentially be interested in. Now, it is the case that he's he's doing due diligence on the Packers the same way they are doing it on him. He's asking. He he's gonna want to hear from Mark Murphy and Brian Gudekinst about the, the structure of the organization and and what his role is gonna be and and how that could change over time, and how Brian Gudikinst's role could change over time. Mark Murphy said that that Brian Gudekinst could eventually have the opportunity to hire and fire coaches. We've, we've discussed why I think that is and what I what I predict the result of, of all of this is going to be in terms of when and why Mark Murphy is doing that and, and what are the circumstances under which he might abdicate that role. But with, with the Packers and the candidates that, that we know about right now, because Lincoln Riley is now out, it really does seem like Josh McDaniel's job to lose. He is the guy that ticks all the boxes. And irrespective of what you think of what he did in Indianapolis, none of that matters if he signs on the dotted line. Once the contract is the contract, he's the coach. And and I had someone mention, oh, well, if he, if he loves the Patriots, when that job opens up, when Belichick uh, moves on, he retires, whatever, why wouldn't he just go back to New England? Well, it doesn't work that way. If you're under contract, you're under contract. You, you can't you just leave. Now, if he demands to be traded or something like that, which we've never seen, that would be unprecedented to demand it to be traded. We have seen coaches traded. John Gruden was traded. But that is not a worry. If he becomes the coach of the Packers, he will be the coach of the Packers so long as the team wants him to be the coach. That's how this works. So I understand if if you're feeling a little icky about the way that he handled everything that went down with Indianapolis, he can't do it again. He can't. He can't do it again. So this is what I am predicting. Regardless of how the interview goes on Friday, there will not be strong reporting about it. Green Bay is going to interview a bunch more guys. They are going to take their time in this process. And they don't, and Josh McDaniel's camp is not going to want what happened last year to even even be out there, even be in the ether that this could happen again. That, oh, the Packers have decided on McDaniels, and now they're just waiting on if he's going to back out. They have a handshake agreement, and is he going to back out or is he not? Josh McDaniels doesn't want that, and the Packers don't want that. And so don't be surprised if after this interview on Friday, we don't hear a lot for a little while. Because remember, he can't finalize a contract and be announced as the next head coach until his team's season is over. They don't even play, the Patriots don't, for another week. So even after they're interviewed on Friday, whether it's Flores or McDaniels, Unless they lose in their first game, which is the divisional round, which is in almost two weeks from now, they are Patriots coaches full stop and can only be Patriots coaches unless they're fired, okay? Unlikely. So the Packers would have to wait in order to make that hire. I got a couple questions about this. And I just I felt like it was important to address. Vic Fangio who is not on the list of of reported interviewees for the Packers, he's going to take his meetings and interviews on Monday after the game because that is a day where usually players aren't practicing. Usually it's just team meetings. And, you know, the coaches win or lose are not as bogged down with game prep. So if the Bears win, Monday is a lighter day anyway. You could take three hours and do those interviews or whatever it is the process changes. So Green Bay is going to have to go, these, these teams that are still available, that are still out there playing, you have to go to them. It's their schedule. They they manage everything. So you generally speaking have to go interview these coaches. Now, if you want to talk to Mike Munchak or Matt LaFleur, they're going to come to Green Bay probably because Green Bay doesn't have to go to them. They're going to make These candidates come and pitch themselves to Green Bay. So, this process is going to take a while. They've interviewed two guys, they've got two more on the docket. And Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, reported they're going to interview 10, 12 plus candidates. So, they're not going to make a decision this week or next week. And and as I said uh, on a previous show, I think part of the reason they're doing that is they're setting this up to show that they've done their due diligence. But they're they're really waiting on the Patriots season to be over, so that they can hire Josh McDaniels.
1: David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, celebrating with you a twenty one grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings Good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit Dave'sKillerBread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
0: So, as I look at the names of these coaches, they're, they're one of two types, basically. They are offensively minded, and that is their specialty. Or they are known for their culture, their motivation, their leadership. Caldwell, offensive guy. Pagano, leadership. McDaniels, offense. Campbell, a little bit of both. But he was a tight ends coach and, and a former player. He's not an X's and O's guy. He is not a, a guy that's going to come in and, and change your offense and fix it and make it better. Uh, but he he is right now on a staff with coaches who are capable of doing that. That is not what he's going to bring. That's not why he's on this list. Pat Fitzgerald, leadership, culture. Brian Flores, a little bit different, though I think it it, it is worth mentioning that The the Patriots, one of the appeals and one of the reasons that Bill Belichick is so great is even though, you know, there's criticisms, oh, they don't have fun, etc., etc., their attention to detail there, their fundamentals, their their situational football is the best in in the league and has been for 20 years. And that is a a reflection of Bill Belichick. And if you like Brian Flores who is the defensive play caller this year for the Patriots, and and the the defense has improved vastly over what it was under Matt Patricia, Uh, you know, you you are assuming that, yes, you're getting a good defensive coach, but you're also, you hope, getting a guy who can bring that same sort of attention to detail, situational football, um, you know, thorough mindset. That's what you think you're getting. Uh, Mike Munchak, that's another cultural leadership guy. And then Matt LaFleur is the offensive guru. Vic Fangio, notably not on this list, though he was someone that a lot of Packer fans wanted to interview. Dave Taub, not on this list, special teams coach for the Chiefs, doesn't bring that sort of cachet as a leader that some of these other guys do. And he doesn't have the offensive experience. And so when you're, when you're looking at these guys and, and you're thinking, okay, who else could be out there? Because there, there has been some reports that Adam Gase is someone that Green Bay could be interested in. Uh, you know, I've, people have connected the dots with Eric Bieniemy, although, you know, they have not made a formal re- request to reach out there. But again, offensive coaches. It's pretty clear who Green Bay is targeting and why. They want someone to come in and reinvigorate this offense. But I think there is also this tacit acknowledgement that Mike McCarthy had his his leadership had waned in in the last year or two. And that perhaps his voice had grown stale. And this is this is normal, by the way. Uh John Madden and Bill Walsh thought that the, the average coach should really only and not I don't mean average that way but that a coach should only be at a team for 10 years that that is the shelf life of a coach because any longer than that complacency can set in and your message grows stale and and if you think about you know a, a parent for example what age do you start to buck 11 12 13 now obviously these players aren't teenagers but the re- <laughs> but the, the symmetry is just nice. The reality is when you're, when your parents, for example, scold you for the same thing over and over, you start to tune them out. And when a coach corrects you about the same thing and preaches the same thing without adapting and changing his message, it wasn't just the offense that he'd failed to adapt. Mike McCarthy is a very consistent dude. It's one of his best qualities. But it's pretty clear that the team had started to tune him out. His message wasn't resonating the same way that it used to. So you bring in a guy like a Pat Fitzgerald or a Dan Campbell who is going to who's going to inject a little bit of life into this team. Now what I think this also is is signaling is the kind of team the Packers want to be. They want to be a team built around Aaron Rodgers. And so what does that mean for this offseason? Can we can we read the tea leaves here? because if the packers hire Josh McDaniels does that mean also adding to this offense does that mean investing in this offense with high draft picks with free agents so that you're just saying look we're an offensive team the offense did not play well enough this year and we have to fix that that is something that i think you can take away from the guys here that the the packers believe that they have the talent particularly on defense, the young talent, to be a good team next year. They need to fix one thing in particular, and that is the offense, in terms of the X's and O's, the scheme. But when you bring in a Dan Campbell, when you bring in a Mike Munchak or a Pat Fitzgerald, those guys are coming in to set a tone, to reset your culture. You don't need them to scheme up all these interesting things for your team to do. They're just there to get everyone back on track, to reset and and push your team's culture forward once again. I don't, I, I, I'm i not in that locker room. I'm not a player on that team. I'm not a coach on that team. I can't speak to the status of the culture there. And is it healthy? Is it positive? I don't know. And maybe it's possible that they just feel like they need a new voice to come in and and just motivate them in a way that they hadn't been motivated previously. Now, I, I think though, dovetailing this and bringing it full circle with our first conversation, the culture change. You think of the rigidity of Mike McCarthy and the schedule and all the, all the stuff that that goes into, you know, what he was as a coach and the the no nonsense style, which fits so well with what what is going on in Green Bay. I think there is also there has to be an acknowledgement of the modern player and the way that that they view themselves and the way that they view their place on this team and what that means for how you have to coach them. And I think someone like McDaniels maybe is going to coach them in a way that isn't as rigid and is is a little bit more adaptive and receptive to the kinds of players on your team. The thing that that the Patriots do so well as they adapt to their personnel and they change week to week. You also have to change a little bit the way you coach on a player-to-player basis. Aaron Rodgers talks about this with his leadership style. He says, some guys you have to chew out. Some guys you have to, you, have to, you know, it's, it's a kick in the butt or it's a pat on the back. And sometimes you, you have to know which it is in that moment. It may change moment to moment. My impression of what was going on is that was not happening in Green Bay anymore. And the, the, the message as a result was starting to flounder because the players were not responding to the, the style from Mike McCarthy anymore. And, and when you look at, you know, there's a whatever, we don't have to psychoanalyze millennials, but young players are different now than they were 10 years ago when Mike McCarthy started this job in 2006. The, the culture of this team is different. The culture of the world is different. And I think for Mike McCarthy to be successful in his next opportunity, whatever it is, could be Cleveland, they're going to interview him, could be the Jets. Apparently McCarthy is is at or near the top of the Jets list. He has to adapt that. And again, I, I I don't know that he wasn't, but that's just my perception of it. Given some of the reporting and and given what we know, there was that great SI piece about the disconnect with, with Rogers and McCarthy. But there were also tidbits in that story about the disconnect between McCarthy and the locker room and some of the restrictive policies of the team that didn't always endear McCarthy to his players. And if you're gonna win, that stuff is okay. The Bill Belichick, you know, don't say anything, don't have any personality, uh, just just do what I tell you to do. That works if you're Bill Belichick. It doesn't work for anyone else. And it doesn't, it doesn't work in college either, except for Nick Saban. Uh you, you look at the way that all these other coaches are approaching their players. You look at the way Pat Fitzgerald, you know exactly what kind of dad Pat Fitzgerald is, right? He is he is the kind of guy who you you don't want to disappoint, specifically because he he is hard on himself and he is hard on you. But then when you do well, he is so happy for you. And it's not, a, it's not a tough love situation. He pushes you hard, but then rewards you. And I think that's the kind of coach that if you're going to change the culture that you want to bring in. So you want to have high expectations for these guys. But you also want to understand that it's important to say, let's celebrate some of these little victories. And isn't it, isn't it fun? Look at Dabo Sweeney. Those guys at Clemson love Dabo. And he's a little bit of a herb, but he they love him. And he—he, he, you can just tell he cares so deeply about all those guys, but still holds them to a high standard. If you look at the successful coaches out there right now, they mostly skew younger in age, and they have this understanding of how to coach the modern player. And so I think in addition to the offensive stagnation for Mike McCarthy, you have to look at, was there a problem with the way that he just related to the players on his team? And could these coaches that come in do a better job? And I think that's why you're seeing a diverse age group. That's why you're seeing a diverse uh, background in terms of uh, teams that that these coaches, can, these coaching candidates have been on and their and their experiences. Because Green Bay needs to find that right voice. They need to find that balance that's going to resonate with their locker room because no, no locker room is the same. And you hope that Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy have their, their finger on the pulse of that and bring in someone that they think is going to resonate in that locker room right now. This episode is brought to you by Shell
2: The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
0: All right, we'll be back on Friday uh, to discuss... Whatever needs to be discussed. Uh, I, I do want to get to questions on Friday, so so make sure you're sending those in. Uh, we have no shortage of topics. Uh, a lot of, of some of the top prospects have flashed the last couple days. Josh Allen was a one-man wrecking crew against Penn State, and I think he's going to be a name that, that you hear a lot. Ja'Kai Polite, one of my favorites out of Florida. He declared for the NFL Draft this week, so... A lot to discuss, a lot to talk about, and I, I promised that at least once a week we would hit some some free agency and some draft stuff. So we'll, we'll get to some of that on Friday, and whatever head coaching news comes our way will also be on the docket. Still, plenty to discuss, plenty to dig into. So always uh, stay following me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Right now, Acme Packing Company has a running list of the Packers' search for coaches. Who's been interviewed, who is yet to be interviewed, who has been rumored, who has been reported, all of the stuff that's going on. It's at AcmePackingCompany.com where you'll find my work. Remember, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Packers, subscribe to the show, on Spotify, on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts, you can find Locked On Packers after all. We are the number one podcast in the state of Wisconsin for the Green Bay Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Happy New Year, and stay Locked on Packers.